The Atlanta Braves in the first half on a sour note with a 7-3 loss to the Washington Nationals. But as they entered the All-Star break, they're exactly where they need to be. We'll talk about all the first-half performances and where the Braves stand. We'll also cover day one of the MLB draft, talking about the Braves' top draft picks and where they could look or where they could fit into the future. And we'll set you up for the rest of All-Star Week and the MLB draft. All that on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see everywhere. I am covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com, where we have plenty of draft coverage going on. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOn underscore Braves, where you can be part of the conversation. Send in any questions, comments, feedback that you may have for the podcast. Also, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up button on this video and hit that notification bell so that you get notified whenever we post new episodes. And it helps me out a lot, supports the show and the network out a ton. So you enjoy these videos. I enjoy these be coming out daily. Please make sure you support the show and subscribe in those places. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. On today's episode, we're going to recap the weekend for the Washington Nationals and recap the first half of the season overall. Me and Grant McCauley, also did this on the Braves postcast, which is also in your Locked On Braves podcast feed and over on Locked On Sports Atlanta on YouTube if you want to go check that out. Uh, but I'm going to go a little bit deeper into some of the first half numbers. Then we'll get into day one of the draft and then set you up for All-Star Week and the rest of the draft. But let's quickly talk about the weekend series over the Nationals. Look, it's a four-game series win. Obviously, anytime you play the Nationals, you want to win every time. And the Braves had been doing that, won 14 straight at Nationals Park, nine straight overall against the Nationals. All good things must come to an end. The Braves lose 7-3 on Sunday. It would really just kind of a, I don't know, it felt like a lazy type of game to me. It's, you know, I never want to put the question of effort uh, of certain players uh, out there, but I don't know, it just didn't, I didn't feel like there was a full intensity from everybody in that game for whatever reason, specifically on defense. I thought the at-bats were okay. They really only had the one inning where they scored. They had opportunities in other outings. Obviously, the strike zone was a bit questionable and hurt the Braves in some big spots, but this just kind of felt like a, a getaway day, like the, the last day of spring training. Um, I just kind of got that feel, and obviously, they're out there. They're playing hard. They're trying to win. It's been a long first half. And this was the end of 20 games in a row. So, again, I understand. Maybe they were a little tired looking forward to that all-star break. But uh, give some credit to the Nationals as well. They put up seven runs and won the finale. But overall, the Braves get a four-game series win. The Mets lose, so you don't 
lose any ground there. Uh, unfortunate that the Cubs couldn't come away with one of those games on Saturday against the Mets in the doubleheader. Uh, that was highly frustrating. I couldn't imagine being a, a Cubs fan uh, at this point. Uh, like I said, the offense on Saturday or on Sunday, um, you know, wasn't quite inspiring. I thought they were really good on Friday and Saturday, scoring early, scoring often, scoring throughout, kind of what I've been looking for from the offense. Um, for Spencer Strider, you know, a rough start for him on Sunday, left some pitches over the middle in that second inning that got hit hard. Still only had an average X velocity against of 82.4 miles per hour. So overall, didn't necessarily get hit real hard. Again, just a couple of pitches there that he left in the middle of the zone in that second inning that got hit hard, led to those four runs. Still, when the Braves came back and cut it to four to three, you know, especially early in the game, I thought, okay, well, this offense will go to work. They'll come back. They'll easily win this game. But the offense kind of stalled out at that point, wasn't able to complete the comeback. So the Braves do lose, drop the finale of the first half. But again, this is a good first half for the Atlanta Braves. And despite how it ended there, Braves are right where they want to be. If you would have told me coming into the season that at the All-Star break, they'd be 18 games over 500, I would have taken that in a heartbeat. You know, not considering where they are in the NL East or what everybody else did. If you just would have told me alone, the Braves are 18 games over 500 at the All-Star break, there's not much more you can ask for. And when you consider the fact that they were 23 and 27 entering the month of June, I think you have to take 18 games over 500 with where the Braves are right now. Again, entering June, as you know, they had that 23 and 27 record, 10 and a half games back in the NL East went on that 14-game winning streak and really have just been playing great baseball since. They finished the first half 56-38, and 38, just two and a half games back in the NL East. They own the top wild card spot and have a six-game lead on that. So have a pretty nice cushion for at least getting into a postseason spot. Obviously, we still want that division, especially with the new format. Getting one of those top two spots is very key, but Again, I can't complain with where the Braves are, especially when you consider how they started and how emotional this first half was when you were celebrating a World Series championship and all the hoopla and attention that comes with that that has to be somewhat distracting. You just lost your franchise player in Freddie Freeman. And look, while I'm I'm happy with the way things worked out and I love Matt Olson, I think he's going to be great here. That's still a distraction, and it's something else that they've had to deal with. And they've already faced Freddie Freeman twice in this first half of the season. So, again, just a lot of emotions filled, you know, in this first half and then falling behind and the Mets getting off to a hot start and then having to play, you know, nearly flawless baseball just to get back in this thing. You know, I can understand why a lot of these players are probably looking ready or looking forward to this all-star break because this first half has been a doozy, but right where they needed to be. And six All-Stars, Acuna, Swanson, Riley, Travis Darno, William Contreras, and Max Freed. I mean, this team is every bit as good as we thought they could be. And they are starting to live up to that potential and that hype. Austin Riley with 27 home runs at the All-Star break. Matt Olson leads the league in extra base hits. Dansby Swanson, to me, has been the MVP of the team both when you consider what he's done at the plate and what he does in the field at the shortstop position. Morton, Strider, Freed, and Wright all have over 100 strikeouts at the All-Star break. Freed, Wright, and Strider all have an ERA of 3.03 or lower. Uh, 
I mean, this team is getting it done every way you could imagine. You know, there are some disappointments. Um, you know, Ozzy Albee's getting injured. You know, obviously Hurts, not necessarily a disappointment. Just hate that he's not here, but he's been out since June 13th. Ian Anderson has been a bit of a disappointment. Hasn't been that rock-solid guy every time out and had some some rough starts mixed in there. But overall, I mean, this team is obviously being becoming that world championship team we thought they could be. You look at some of the offensive numbers, they're third in run scored, second in home runs, um, second in slugging, fourth in OPS. You know, those are the good things, and that's how this team has been getting it done. We've talked about it. They're, they're home run or bust. They live and die by the home run, and they have guys up and down their lineup that are capable of hitting 30 home runs in a season. And they get it done for the most part. I mean, they're second in runs. They're second in, uh, or they're third in runs. They're second in home runs. Uh, they're second in slugging. Look, if you're going to, if you're going to do something well, do it great. You know, and they have a lineup that is built to slug, to hit home runs, and they do it really, really good. The other part of that, they have the second most strikeouts in all of baseball, and just the twentieth most walks. So striking out a ton not walking a lot. They're 11th in stolen bases, which is solid. They're 10th in batting average. Again, that's solid. 17th in on-base percentage, though. You would like to see that be a little bit higher. So are there areas this team could improve offensively? For sure. And I think we kind of saw that in the Mets series, you know, when their home runs weren't coming or where they were coming, but that's all they were getting in that Mets series and not able to score in other ways, not able to take some walks, get some runners on, and then get those home runs that's when this offense can get bogged down a little bit. On the pitching side, they're seventh in ERA, first in strikeouts, ninth in whip. That's as the pitching staff combined. As the starters, they're 14th in ERA. That seems a bit mis misleading. 17th in whip, fifth in strikeouts, fifth in innings pitched. Um, I think that's a key stat that the Brave starters are giving them good length compared to other teams out there. They're consistently going six, seven innings when they go out there. Um, saving that bullpen, but also it's a lot of innings on the Braves starters. 14th in ERA, I got to figure that's ballooned because of what the Braves' fifth starter spot was like before Spencer Strider took over. Uh, I would imagine you look at since June 1st, and that is much better. Uh, but fifth in strikeouts, this pitching staff striking out a lot of batters. Bullpen is fifth in ERA, fifth in whip, third in strikeouts, and have the fourth fewest walks. So, you know, I think every fan base probably gets a little fed up and concerned with their bullpen throughout the year. And I know the Braves have had their ups and downs, but overall, this has still been a top five bullpen in all of baseball easily. And they just have a number of guys who get it done and contribute. So overall, the first half of the season, it's been great for the Braves. They're in a great position. They're set up well for the second half, which we'll talk about more later in the week as we get back to the action uh, in over the weekend playing the Angels. But well, I just wanted to recap the first half, give you some of the numbers and talk about some of the highlights. But I can't be more happy with where the Braves are entering the All-Star break. They have everything they could want in front of them within their grasp. All right, next, let's take a look at the MLB draft. Looking at day one and some of the top uh, picks that the Braves made in the 2022 MLB draft. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. 
Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's Bench Jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring, making each ring one of a kind. If you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat, to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile Anniversary Sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting on July 18th, which is today, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available July 18th on the Locked On NFL Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Day one of the MLB draft saw the Braves make some surprising selections, to say the least something that they really went against script with what they've done in recent drafts. Just about every draft expert out there was expecting the Braves to go college heavy, college pitcher heavy early in this draft. And Dana Brown and the Braves uh, front office completely flipped the script in this draft, taking three high school pitchers with their first three picks. We'll see if that pans out. I'll be completely honest with you. And I've said this before when doing the draft preview, I know very little of high school players and scouts, I think in general, know very little of high school players. They are a lottery ticket and you make the best assumptions that you can and hope that it works out. But trying to predict what 18 year old, 17 year old kids when they're scouting them are going to be in three or four years at the big league level. It is one of the hardest things to do in this game. And it's why drafting high school players is so risky early in the draft because, look, they could pan out and they could be the best players ever. They could be Mike Trout, but that's just it's such a risk, and it's something we haven't seen this Braves front office do in quite a while. They've been pretty safe. They've taken some guys with upside like Cusick, like Schuster that were kind of off the radar, but never in the high school variety. So, Again, this is a, a different strategy, a bold strategy, hopefully one that pays off. But let's talk about some of these picks. Their first pick, 20th overall, was Owen Murphy, a right-handed pitcher out of Illinois, 6'1", 190, the Gatorade 2022 Illinois State Player of the Year, had a 0.12 ERA in 137 strikeouts and 58 and a third innings. He also hit 548 with 18 home runs, a you know, potential two-way player, and there's been some disagreement already about that with Owen Murphy thinking that he was going to get drafted with the opportunity to play both ways, and then Dana Brown saying, no, we've made it clear to him, we've drafted him as a pitcher, and that's what his future is. So we'll see how that pans out and if that affects negotiations at all, but the Braves have drafted him as a pitcher. There was a uh, low to mid-90s fastball, mid-80s slider, which is his best secondary pitch at the moment. Also has a curveball and a developing changeup committed to Notre Dame. Projected to be a mid-rotation starter, which doesn't get you that excited when you're talking about the 20th overall pick. Obviously, the Braves are hoping to get more out of him. But Owen Murphy, 20th overall high school pitcher out of Illinois. 
J.R. Richard or J.R. Richie, not J.R. Richard. That'd have been cool if they had a, drafted a legend, but J.R. Richie, uh, right-handed pitcher out of Brain, Bainbridge, Washington, 6'2", 185 pounds, a mid-90s fastball, low 80s slider, curveball as well, uh, and also has a changeup in there. What you've really heard about all these guys that they've taken is that they're all strike throwers, and I think that's very important, especially when you're talking about high school players being able to command these pitches and being able to have a variety of pitchers with Richie and Murphy in particular, they already throw several pitches and they're able to control and command all of them. That is certainly a great uh, aspect and a great tool that you're looking for when you are drafting high school pitchers is are they able to throw multiple pitches already and can they command them and throw them for strikes? And that's certainly what we've heard so far about Murphy and Richie. So that's great to hear. Uh, Richie is a UCLA commit. And then with their third pick in the draft, they took Cole Phillips, right-handed pitcher out of Texas, 6'3", 200 pounds. This is the big lottery ticket that they took on day one. He has a triple-digit fastball, but had Tommy John surgery in April, so obviously that comes with some risk, but we know that there are uh, some great improvements with that surgery and some great success rates with it today. But this is a guy that if he comes back and he still has that high velocity and he already had the plus secondary pitch in a slider-type curve, so a slurve, type pitch that he throws this could be the big ticket for the Braves if you know he comes back healthy and is able to still maintain that velocity and work on some of his secondary pitches an Arkansas commit so again I think Cole Phillips is a big ticket that they took on day one uh, with that third pick that they had in the draft he's somebody that could turn into something really special I mean all these kids could I mean again these are high school players who really knows how they're going to develop we all thought when Lucas Sims was drafted early, he was going to be a frontline starter for the Braves one day, and now he's a pretty good relief pitcher on the IL for the Reds who apparently wants to talk trash about the Braves' development system. But you never know how these high schoolers are going to pan out. You know, Realistically, when you're drafting three high schoolers in the first three picks of a draft, if one of them pans out and becomes a top-of-the-rotation starter, maybe one of them gets a couple of years in the back end of your rotation, you consider that a good draft. Obviously, I think the Braves are hoping for more out of these three guys. But uh, again, just a bold strategy here, not going with the safe pick, getting a college arm who you know uh, or you feel good about, could pitch in the big leagues and pitch there relatively soon. Um, they think with Owen Murphy, again, something else you're hearing, that he can move pretty quickly as a starting pitcher and perhaps you know could be in a major league rotation in, in three years, which would be something for a high school player. But they uh, believe that much in the kids. So, again, I trust them. I trust the Braves' front office far more than, than me as a video scout uh, analysis. So they know what they're doing over there. Put all the trust in them. They've done great in drafts recently, getting Spencer Strider in the fourth round, Michael Harris in the third round in recent drafts. So certainly trust those guys and what they're doing and trust those scouts. So uh, really excited to see what these high school pitchers can do. And then with their last pick on day one, they took a guy that I am highly familiar with as he pitched at my alma mater, and they took Blake Berthalter, a right-handed pitcher reliever for Auburn, an upper 90s fastball and a cutter. Um, they, they've said they're going to try him out as a starter, obviously fallback uh, as a high-leverage reliever. Again, as a college guy, somebody that could move pretty quickly, at least as a reliever. They are going to move him as a starter. You know, might be a little bit more 
development there. So, you know, I had hinted at the Braves taking somebody like this, whether it was Landon Sims from Mississippi State, who ended up going much higher in the draft than I thought he would, or somebody like Carson Palmquist out of Miami. Um, you know, taking a guy who you know you can stick in the back of a bullpen and somebody that can move pretty quickly. And Burt Halter certainly fits that bill. So solid day one for the Braves. Unfortunately, with these high school players, you just never know. And when in time will tell on these guys uh, how they're going to develop and what how things will pan out. Cole Phillips, obviously, we won't get to see him pitch for a while coming off Tommy John surgery, but really excited to see what Murphy and Richie do and how they develop. So solid day one from the Braves. I've seen evaluators, you know, across the interwebs talking about the Braves having a good solid day one. The other thing in question here too is how much money are they having to spend? Um, you know, typically you're taking high schoolers, you know, in these spots, you're may have to go a little bit above slot to get them to come out of their commitment. Um, but at the same time, you're not going to waste these picks early in a draft unless you know, you can sign these guys. So uh, I feel pretty confident they'll get them signed. It's just, how much money will they have to spend to do so? Uh, a lot of these players were also ranked below the spot they were taking. So, uh, again, we'll, we'll have to see. Only time will tell how much money is actually left to spend here. I have a feeling they still have a pretty good bit of money that they didn't just throw all their bonus pool money on some of these picks because they were ranked lower. I feel like they could get them at slot value, maybe a little bit over. Um, you may have to go a little bit over. Um, for Cole Phillips, you know, because I think he has an opportunity to go to Arkansas and put up big numbers and go a lot earlier in the draft if he comes back and pitches the way that he did. So, but again, uh, teams talk about this with the players beforehand. They're not going to make these picks unless they feel confident that they can sign them. So I feel like they will. Again, the question I just don't know is how much money is left to spend? Have they Do they have to go over slot on some of these guys? Uh, that I'm just not sure of right now, but that's going to be play big into how they draft these next couple of days and really how we see them draft will be telling about what they think they'll be they'll have to spend on these players so that'll be something we'll talk about throughout the week all right but next i want to talk about the home run derby and talk about the rest of day two of the of the mlb draft and going forward before we do that let me tell you about our friends over at bet online betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Major League Baseball action. I'm sure there's plenty of bets out there on All-Star Weekend. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Starting on Monday afternoon, um, just a couple hours after this is posted, they will begin day two of the MLB draft with rounds three through 10. Braves have pick 96 and 125 coming up first. Still a lot of solid players out there. I would be surprised if the Braves didn't go the college route uh, with these next couple of picks. Maybe play it kind of safe with some of these guys, but no clue what this front office is doing. That's what I tweeted out Sunday night. Uh, this is just a complete reversal of what we've seen from this front office in past years. And time will tell whether that's good or not, but it is definitely not the strategy they've been employing uh, in recent drafts. So who knows? It's anybody's guess what they could do uh, with these next couple of picks. It'll be exciting day two of the MLB draft. 
Again, I think they have to be targeting some college players, get some safe picks, guys that they feel can be contributors within a couple of years, uh, whether that be, you know, with the bat or, you know, perhaps in the bullpen like they did with Burke Halter. Um, but I think that's what they have to be targeting on day two. You know, we already talked about, did they overspend on day one? This will be, it'll be very telling with the picks that they make on day two. Do they take some more high school guys that maybe they feel they can go over slot to get, or do they play it safe and take a lot of college guys that they can get at slot value or under? So I think that's what to watch for on day two is what type of players are they taking? Are they taking guys that are going to have to go over slot for or not? And that'll be telling for what they did on day one as well. Also got the home run derby on Monday night, which is usually the showcase of All-Star Weekend. I'll be honest, I don't know that I've watched a full All-Star game in a couple of years, you know, watch the Braves players play or whatever, but just about everybody turns in for the home run derby uh, because that is an exciting event, and the Braves have their own Ronald Acuna Jr. in there. And I've had some people comment whether or not this is good for Acuna as he's dealing with all these injuries coming off the ACL tear. I think it could be good for him. Uh, his ground ball rate is skyrocketed this season. He's still hitting the ball hard, but he's putting it on the ground more often. So we need to see him get some more lift on that baseball. So hopefully preparing for this home run derby, you know, that'll get him uh, getting back under the ball a little bit more and lift, get some more lift on the baseball going into the second half. So I'm hoping that the home run derby is going to be good for him. And hopefully he puts on a show. I don't think he wins as he goes up against Pete Alonzo in round one. Look, Pete Alonzo is just built for this. We've seen that the last two years. He's an absolute monster in the home run derby, and he wants it. Where Acuna, what I hope we see for Acuna, what we saw last time he was in the derby, is that he just continues to spray the ball all over the field. Um, you know, I think it's impressive what he does going to the opposite field, but it's not great for a home run derby where you just need to pull everything uh, and yank balls out of the ballpark. So I don't think Acuna takes down Pete Alonzo. I think it comes between the two front runners and Kyle Schwarber and Pete Alonzo. I'm going to say Schwarber takes the crown from Pete Alonzo in this one, though. I'm going to go with Schwarber. Let me know in the comments who do you think wins the home run derby on Monday night. Should be a great show. Hopefully Acuna does um, show up and show out. I hope he does take down Pete Alonzo in the first round. But I'm going to go with Schwarber and say that he wins it all. Also really cool that Albert Pujols is in there. I don't think he makes it around very long in this derby, but cool that they're letting the legend uh, compete in in this but again let me know who you think will win down in the comments section that will do it for this episode of lockdown braves thank you for making lockdown braves your first listen every day we'll be back tomorrow talking about that home run derby talking about day two of the mlb draft and breaking down all of those picks now make your second listen locked on mlb prospects where host Lindsay crosby is a prospect encyclopedia going deep on the mlb stars of tomorrow and obviously doing a lot of breakdown of the mlb draft he did a great job with the MLB draft coverage on Sunday night. Like this podcast, Lockdown MLB Prospects is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thanks for making Lockdown Braves your listen of the day. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. And you can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we'll talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 